continuing Acts chapter 3. Continuing. And I don't get the Bible podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, verse 17 is about where we left off. And Peter is talking to the crowd about um, the healing that he just performed. And he tells them, friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he was suffering these things. Um, I'm wondering, it's kind of in line with what you just said, how in the last episode, how he says, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they, like, that was something new to them. I'm wondering if Jesus, if the people that were killing Jesus understood that they were, like, fulfilling a prophecy. Like, they, because he's saying it was foretold about the Messiah that he would suffer these exact things. These people are making this guy suffer these things. Did, yeah. Do you think it was known? I think that those who believed on him knew it. Okay. And I think the masses who didn't know the scripture that way didn't know it. And then I think a very small percentage of the Jewish leaders of the Sanhedrin, who were the leading governing council of the nation at that time, mm -hmm. I think a percentage of them knew it and did it okay. on purpose for envy. All right. Because okay. Matthew supports that. Okay. So he said, he's saying, you know, you guys did this in ignorance. Yeah. And that's to these like innocent ones who yeah. didn't know the scripture sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and then just to clarify, like the Jews thought that the Messiah, like you said, would be like a material king, yeah. would bring a material kingdom. I don't know how to ask this, but like he wasn't, he was spiritual. So it, could it be that the suffering was it like one to one to one, like the suffering that he did was material that he encountered was material and they could recognize it? Or was it also that Jesus suffered in a different way than was prophesied? Or do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think he fulfilled the material side for the material nation, fulfilling the law with his life and then giving his life as the sacrificial lamb. Mm. Um, blood is a is a part of being in this world. And blood is related to the function of our bodies. To shed it is to take the life. Okay. So that's why they took the life of I the see. animals all the way. Yeah. His physical death, shedding his physical blood was for that. But the spiritual victory he had was the mo most monumental thing. Okay. Yeah. So like he came and he suffered materially exactly how it was prophesied. Yeah. He also like healed and did like physical miracles yeah. that were prophesied in a material way but the result of it wasn't what was where the mistake was yes yeah. and that it, that wouldn't be material yeah they they assumed that his victory would be over all material things and mm. it would be a material messiah mm -hmm. giving them emancipation from other nations that put them in bondage mm -hmm. and that he would rule with an iron fist on the earth forevermore stamping out anybody who messed with the jews mm. but his thing was if you're a jew you're one spiritually i'm here to liberate you from spiritual death sin 
the bondage of false doctrine, all of that, mm-hmm. right? Because, and we know that because people are still dying who believe. They've always, we've always died. It's part of this material world. He took care of the law, but the spiritual victory was the thing he really did. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The spiritual king of our lives. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't thought of it like that. Like they really should have, because you think like he was just misunderstood across the board Mm -hmm. and like he spoke aphoristically and was just confusing and people just didn't pick up on it. But he was actually doing the things that they were to look out for it yeah. just but they found because he wasn't bringing the material kingdom they had this reason to be like who's this guy yeah. like you think he's got isn't he supposed to be a king and yeah. he's and just, then there's places too where the the leaders say he's going to take the kingdom from us yeah oh, wow. and they were they were they didn't want to lose their power mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay so um, Peter continues on and tells them to repent of their sins so that they're washed away and that God will bring Jesus to return. Okay, read that passage <laughs> directly for me. Okay. Give me a minute to find it. Why can't I find it? Then Peter okay, said sorry. to them, so verse 18, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying the Messiah would suffer. Verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord Okay. and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Okay. Should I keep going? Because it keeps going. Yeah, he keeps going, but stop right there. Okay. okay, on this passage alone, spoken by Peter, a Jew, two Jews in the temple in that day, Christians who are not Jews ever since have said, you need to be baptized to have your sins forgiven. To repent. To repent and then be baptized, right? It says repent and then turn to God. Whoa. Maybe I've got the wrong. Different verse, but... What version is that? Well, this is the you NIV. Version. <laughs> That's the website. My daughter has her own version. <laughs> Go to the King James and read that. I don't think this is the verse you're thinking. Oh, okay. But I do have questions about I it. I think it is the verse I'm thinking. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. That's what it says. In the King James? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I won. You did. She's the wiener today. (laughs) The big wiener. Okay, now listen. Peter is saying to Jews that they repent. What are they repenting of, Delaney? Killing Jesus. Okay, that. And what else? They had been given the commandments. They had been given the law. Nobody else on earth had been given those things. Mm. So... They were in a place to repent. What does repent mean? It means change your mind mm-hmm. about what you've thought. Change your mind about who the Messiah is, what mm-hmm. his purpose was. Repent, change your mind, and be converted. Okay? And then he goes on. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's the same as be baptized to me. Like, for people to be going around and saying repent right now is off the mark. 
It's off the mark. That is automatically off the mark. Yeah. And yet we do. It's the same as repent and be baptized. Saying repent. It's not the same. I hear it. But I'm just saying in principle, like they shouldn't be even be saying repent. Repent. Right. Well, in other passages that are coming up, he'll say, now repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. All right? He'll in say Acts. that. Huh? In Acts 3? In Acts, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's in Acts 3 or 4 or wherever, but he says that to them. And that's mm. the passage that Christians use that they'll come to somebody and they'll say, Jesus did this for you. And they'll say, great. Okay, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's how you get your sins removed. And that's what the Mormons do. Catholics, everybody does I that. I see. But what is it trying to say? There are different words that mean in order to or as a result of yeah like baptized for the remission is baptized is, because you have believed and repented that makes sense the, yeah. in the face of the fact that you have believed and had faith yeah. now be baptized that's what it means through the greek but people try to take it because it reads in the english repent and yeah. be baptized for the remission of sins. They take that for, which is ice, and they say it means in order to get. Yeah. No, it means as a result of having. That's like weird English, because I didn't assume that. The fact that you're saying that now is surprising me that people take it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, big time. For the remission of sin. My gosh. Yeah. For be baptized to get the remission of sin that is what you they could, think. That's what they think, to get yeah. it, yeah. But it's be baptized because you have the remission. That's of right. Sin. That's right. And, and wow. it's the word is ice. If on my Mormon mission, you, it's a Catholic town, m many Catholics. I mean, the first question, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? And you'll the meet Catholics Christians. Have you been baptized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or they'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I've been baptized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll yeah. say that. And that's why Catholics will send priests to go to the hospital when babies are born. Mm -hmm. To baptize them for fear that if they die, they'll go to hell. <laughs> So it's insane. a misinterpretation, yeah. It is so insane. Isn't it? Um, yeah, so th this says, Repent ye therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Yeah, that's interesting, because it's the same format. Repent, be converted, that your sins yeah. may be blotted out. Yeah, yeah. But you see, and that's the thing. For the Jews of that age, they had to repent for their sins to be blotted out. They had really? to change their mind. Yes, from the law. They have to change their mind. We Gentiles didn't have to. Gentiles in that time did not have to repent, but Jews did. No, Paul's call to the Gentiles is have faith. Mm. And when you have the faith, you will repent. But to the Jews... All in that time. Yeah. Well, in... The, Paul's... Yeah. Paul to those will, people, at the same time, some people had to repent and some people didn't. Yeah, because Paul will speak to Jews as having to repent. Peter mm. speaks to Jews as having to repent. Why? They had something to repent for. I see. The Gentile pagans, we have nothing. We've never had the law. We've yeah. never had covenants. God's never been our God. You know, so it's always for Gentiles, believe, have yeah. faith. And when you do, the spirit comes and then your heart starts to repent, change. Yeah. That's all it is. It doesn't mean change your actions. It means change your mind about things. So wait, I'm not done with this yet. Okay. So okay. when a believer, a Christian believer has had faith, they've changed their mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. They know who God is. They know who they are. 
and they want in their heart to have a holy life. But they go out and they have sex with their boyfriend, right? Mm -hmm. The question isn't you had sex with their boyfriend. The question is, what does your heart say? And your heart says, well, I changed my mind about it, but it was a weak moment, you see? If someone says, oh yeah, it's fine, I'm good, I don't, yeah. then you know there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's the changing of the mind that matters to the Christian, not the changing of the action. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have in your mind known what is good and bad in what God expects of you, mm -hmm. and that, that abides over your life, but you'll have weak moments of sin, that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You've changed your mind, you've repented. That's what metanoia means, change of mind, not change of action. Mm -hmm. Christians focus on the change of action. Mm -hmm. And so they'll find out that somebody slept with their girlfriend or boyfriend or they got drunk or something and they say, you need to repent. Mm -hmm. They've already changed their mind. The Christian already knows. I know I shouldn't get blasted. I shouldn't go out. I shouldn't do this. I know that. It's just I've got weak. And that's called grace. You see the difference? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think that a Christian, a level-headed Christian's response to that would be that a change of mind would eventually turn to a change of action. You would hope that a Christian would be mature enough to know that after enough not changing your actions, the Christian would hear from the spirit that says, you got to do something yeah. about it. We don't give them time. Yeah. We discipline them. We, we hover over them. We make sure they believe yeah. the and live the right way. It's just like going back to the law. So the, the correct response is to just encourage them in the spirit. Yeah. Continually. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So when people come to me because I was once a, a person to come to yeah. and then confess, I said, what's your heart toward God? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you would meet people go, well, he's okay with it. It's just the people. And I'd say, I, I don't think that's the attitude you want. Yeah. But if, you're, if your attitude is, man, I, I just keep messing up in my flesh, but I love him. I want to follow him. And even Paul says this. He says what I do, I don't want to do. And what I don't do, I do. Mm -hmm. That is how we need to see people. What do you, I have two questions. How about, I know you've seen people who have, maybe have that in the moment. They feel sorrowful, but like are belligerent and continuing on for a decade. Mm -hmm. And you have been encouraging, encouraging, and nothing's changing. Yeah. Is there a point where you talk straight or what? Yeah, there would be a point I would talk straight with them and say, you know, the way you show that you know God is by love and love is selfless and it's not self-indulgent. And for 10 years, all I've seen you is being self-indulgent and I never see any fruit of the spirit coming from you. So it makes me wonder about your state, mm -hmm. you know, and what I typically find hand to God is that most of them haven't been in the word. They won't get in the word. Mm -hmm. They can't stand getting into it because reading it always convicts them. Mm -hmm. The conviction is not God saying, I got you. It's saying you're, you've been led astray a bit, mm -hmm. but they don't want to read that. So they love their sin more. When you get into those things, it's, it's God who's going to judge. I just use long suffering with them and keep telling them the solution is more of him, less of you, but never judge them. Mm. Yeah. And then what about people who are extremely proud of what they've been doing? <laughs> like they aren't, aren't 
repentant or sorrowful. Oh, oh. well, I mean, again, God is their judge uh-huh. because we aren't in a place to know all the nuances of their makeup, genetics, anything. Now, I know I don't like proud people, mm-hmm. and I know in my heart I'd be going, dude, you got some some things going on. But bottom line, God will judge, and we trust that. Our job's to love them. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense? It does make sense. I like it. Um, give me a sec. I lose my place sometimes. Okay, well... So people now, really my question was kind of what you said, was that people take that very seriously, that he says repent. Like, we're doing that currently. and But he says, it, it, the timeline of this statement was confusing to me because it says repent, be converted, for when the time comes, or when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send jesus christ which before was preached unto you it's hard for me to read the king james but there was something where it was like the times of refreshing needed to come for jesus to come back that's what it felt like he said yeah um and the times of refreshing were people being were people repenting and stuff is that right it seems like that there could be a deeper meaning to it, but I can't remember it. But that is a confusing passage. Yeah. It's very difficult because it sounds like this has to happen before the Messiah will be given. But he's already told us the Messiah was put to death. Yeah. So we know that application's off. Yeah. To return, though. Yeah. It talks about his return. That might be talking about this, his second advent where he comes back as promised. So now we're getting the time of refreshing so that he yeah. can come back. I think that's probably the better interpretation. Yeah. And then heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago. Okay. And restore it to what? The Garden of Eden. Right. Yeah. Which is where we are now. Yeah. Which Spiritually. is about like the definition of the Garden of Eden, the spiritual Garden of Eden that we're in is choice. Yeah. Love and choice. And then. That's the restoration he's talking about. Back to where God is reconciled to this world. But there isn't some. Like Adam, maybe just to clarify the garden of Eden then was choice and they made a choice that had a permanent effect, but that's not the case anymore. No, uh, the choice they made was in the material world. Uh, and so that has a permanent effect. Yeah. There's death. Right. And there was also spiritual death. There was, there's material and spiritual effects of Adam's fall. Okay. The second Adam, he overcame all the effects of the fall, but it's always played out in a kind of a spiritual way, heavenly way. Like he overcame death physical mm-hmm. because we will be given new bodies in the, in the heaven. Okay. He overcame spiritual death by giving us new spiritual life. So it's, but that's where the world has been returned to is that, that restored back to that place mm. prior to the, uh, fall where sin fell upon us and our carnal minds and everything we are all restored by christ's work to now say you're back in the garden what do you want to do Mm -hmm. and there's no repercussions for those choices now Mm -hmm. there's just lack of rewards or more rewards which are glory which is kind of a repercussion 
It's kind of a repercussion, but it's not a punishment. Okay. It sounds like a punishment, but it's not. How could it be a punishment if you're getting what you've earned mm. is the point. Everybody is getting what you, what you uh, sowed to, mm. right? So it would be unfair if you live your life as a believer and someone else lives their life as an unbeliever. They do all sorts of selfish things. You do selfless things and you die and you're rewarded the same. That's not a just God. But if you store up treasures in heaven, I know a lot of people don't like this concept, but it's very biblical. That's what Jesus said. Don't put treasures on earth, store up treasures in heaven where moth and thieves can't break in and steal it and it will rust. Store those up and you'll be rewarded based on what those were. Mm. But they will be tried is what the scripture says by fire. They will be tried and what is left is what you get, not what is put on the altar. Mm. He, so he says, if it's hay, wood or stubble that's put on the altar, it'll be consumed. But if it's of precious metals and rock, stone, it will last and you'll be given a crown for what was real. So you can't feign the works is the point. If you put up a bunch of religious periphery stuff and it's not from the heart and real, that's the authenticity we talk about. Oh. God's going to put it on the thing, torch it and say, oh, oh look what's left. <laughs> a nugget. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh -huh. Okay. So be authentic in your faith, guys. Be authentic. <laughs> um, okay, so we are living in restoration times. They were. We are. Is that right? It's saying... The times of restoration were happening then and would be completed when he returns. And it's done. Everything's restored. Yeah. That, yeah, that's... That yeah. is what I meant. We're living in fulfilled times. Fulfilled times. Yeah. Restored. Restored? No, because it was being restored to them then. That's that overlap. It was being restored to them by and through the apostles, the bride, Jesus coming back in, but it hadn't happened yet. I know. I just mean like, this is all dumb. I meant that time it was being restored. It was restored. We are in restored times post restoring okay yes <laughs> fine i just want to make sure i have it. only my children <laughs> okay so verse 23 um anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people that scare me yeah i mean it's radical what they threw down people are reading it today still think it's in play no but it's radical what they threw down on them. Mm -hmm. You've had the law. He's been your God. You've killed his son. Mm -hmm. So you've got one shot here. Mm -hmm. Believe on what he did. We're witnesses. He rose from the grave. Mm -hmm. Will you change now? Will you repent now? If they didn't, they were going to get their heads handed to them by the Roman armies. Mm -hmm. um, should we finish this chapter? Because we're at 23 minutes. Sure. 23. Okay. You've got lo loads of time. Um, I thought we were doing 20 minutes. People have complained that they want more of us. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so he, it kind of contradicts this ending, though, where he says, Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. You are heirs of the prophet and the covenant of God who made you fathers. Um, 
He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servants, he sent him first to you to bless by turning each of you from your wicked ways. That's not what I meant to say. Mm. Um, sorry. My question to that part isn't, isn't Abraham the father of all Jews, but Peter's talking to Gentiles. Yeah, and, and this is an important thing to understand. There are Jews, uh-huh. and they're at the nation of Israel, right? Uh-huh. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel. He had 12 sons, okay? But not everybody who's a Jew is a Jew, is what Paul says. Mm. Not everybody who's from that line is from that is of God. Mm. And so the people who are true Israel true Israel are not those who have been circumcised and have the bloodline. True Israel are those who follow God and love him. That's true Israel. And you're adopted in. That's what that's talking about. I see. Okay. Okay. You cold, Dee? I am a little bit. Turn the heat back on. All right. Uh, Yeah, that's good for chapter three. Bye, guys. On to chapter four. Bye.